Equestrian retailers often end up retailing purely out of chance or coincidence where things kind of just fall into place, which means that we're often missing some of the key fundamentals about retail and understanding all of the ins and outs. But today on the podcast, I've got Sarah Giddens from the Stables Retail Consultancy. So if you're thinking about running a retail business, this is the episode for you. Enjoy. You're listening to the Stable Business Podcast. I'm your host, Jenny Bush, here to chat all things equine business with a new episode every week from me or from the best in the biz. Now, don't forget to leave a review and of course, hit the subscribe button so you don't miss an episode when it drops. So welcome, Sarah, to the Stable Business Podcast. I am so excited that you are here today. So for everybody listening, tell us a little bit more about who you are and what it is that you do. Hi Jenny, yes, thank you very much for having me on. Um, so I am Sarah Giddings of the Stables Retail Consultancy. So my background is high street retail. So from my degree um, 15 years ago, I then went into merchandising. So started out within Blacks, so a camping company. Biggest chunk of my career, I was at Next for six years. I then worked for Loke, so a, a private family-run luxury footwear business. And then finally, at an equestrian retailer for the last four years. Um, really, really learned the fundamentals of retailing with a big, big chunk of that led into e-commerce. Especially in the latter five, six years, e-commerce has obviously really, really changed as a business. Um, I think also, especially within equestrianism, it, it's still really an up and coming opportunity for people. Yeah. Personally, I have ridden since I was seven and always adored horses. I've had my eldest horse, Leo, for 18 years. He's got a little brother now called Piccolo. Um, and really, from 15 years ago, I've always wanted to work within equestrianism. Um, I've always known that my strengths have been very analytical and very numerical. I'm very process driven, um, statistical angled to things. So I thought my place probably wasn't on a yard mucking out, which I adore doing every day, but probably not professionally. Um, and it was really through my time at university that the sort of high street function of retail really interested me. I always thought business was really, really interesting. Um, I was a very avid shopper in my teenage years. Um, and then really to learn the processes that is involved with the creation of a product. Why was that invented? Was there a need, a want, a desire for a customer? To then develop it, produce it ship it into the country, sell it to customers and then analyse its success um, was really insightful. So most products are conceived two years before a customer will ever see it on a shop floor. Um, and that was just a really interesting process for me to, to go down. So um, fortunately, the exposure of my degree, I was aware of it. Obviously, through my whole 12 years working, announcing myself as a merchandiser normally comes with a few head scratches of exactly what the function is. Um, so I normally describe it as if you're familiar with what a buyer would do, which normally seems quite black and white for people. They buy the products that are seen in stores and online. And yes, yeah, so the merchandiser works alongside the buyer with putting the numbers behind those products. So how many to buy, 
what to sell it at, making sure it creates a profit um, and then planning the stores. So it then would go down to sort of physical merchandising of the shops or the layout of stores. But again, before you get to the shop floor with the stock, you need to have bought the right stock and have it arriving at the same time, which again can take up to two years before a product exists. Um, so that was really the interesting factor. So yeah. over the last four months now I've had the stables going what I've wanted to do is really help and empower the smaller retailer as we know within equestrianism there's lots of fantastic businesses out there most of them are ran by single people often with another job or three and horses alongside too because we all like to do 100 things at once don't we or at least it ends up yeah. like that if it's not planned <laughs> definitely and really, I really, really enjoy meeting people and hearing their stories um, and just learning their journey. And again, most of the time where we start and where we end up, the path is not straight. Um, and they've got some really interesting stories about how they got there and how it developed and where they want to grow. But they want some support. They can't see the wood for the trees. They are only on their own. They want somebody to talk to. So that's really where the consultancy angle of the business came and really where I want to empower the education of the merchandising function. So really, really making sure you're being super analytical approach to the products you're selling to make sure that the customer has the best experience. Oh, brilliant. Yeah. And, and we've spoken about this before, because, again, a lot of people, especially in the equine world, they don't set out with that background like you've got in retail or understand it. They kind of fall into having a, a retail equestrian yeah. business. It's like, oh, yeah, that happened and that happened. And then all of a sudden I found myself selling stuff, which means that they're often losing some of like the fundamental knowledge or skills. Like what would you say you see most as things that equestrian business owners that run retail stuff like they they miss out on or they they have got those missing pieces of knowledge exactly so the, the most important thing is that they've created a brilliant product they could have personally founded a need for it so they were mucking out one day and they thought this fork isn't adequate enough I can design this actually I think other people might quite like this too and then how do we bring that to market? If you've got the physical product in your hand already, you've done the biggest hurdle going because product development from conception to production is so difficult. And often that stage scares a lot of people because they then think, what about this? How do I do that? How do I sell it? How do I make money? Is this worth my while? So once they've got that product, then convincing the customer of why they need it to sell it and analysing the data around that. Often maths scares people. And yeah. if they've not come from a retail sales business background, it can be, if I don't look at it, it's not a problem. Ignorance is bliss. Whereas having a clear view on exactly where your sales are coming from, who your customer is, and the analysis of that can really then apply to future proof in your business to make sure that if any hurdles are approaching you you know about them before they happen 
not at the point that it happens or after the event. Um, so there could be a limitation on delivery of the products. So the vessel got got caught um, in India and it's not going to get in on time, but you're at a trade show next week and you really wanted to exhibit that. We, you know, there's limited periods in equestrianism where we can exhibit our products physically. It's preempting that process and trying to make sure that there's parameters. Of course, we don't have crystal balls. We don't know what's happening. But looking back at previous data and history, when you've got something can be really beneficial moving forward to see that coming. Um, I think often we can get in our heads over one person told me this thing, so that must be true. If you then look at the data, you might find a completely different story of actualization. It's a, a game of two halves. You, you need to know the verbal responses to opportunities but the statistical angle can also show you facts of, of where you are and what opportunities you have um so that fear of the maths is often what i experience um but i always say knowledge is power so <laughs> the more that you can get to, to grips with it and often that just needs a conversation to understand well how do i look at this data where do I get it from? What is it showing me? And how can I improve upon it? Yeah. And once you know, it's not so scary, is it? It's like once you've got those those steps in place. So I do a lot of helping people to yeah, track their growth, track their their processes, make sure that they're actually yeah, running the numbers regularly. Because again, what we think and feel or what other people are telling us, it might not be true. If we're not tracking, we don't know. And a lot of the time I say, well, how much, how much have you sold this month? I don't know. <laughs> it's like, okay, we need to get a handle Absolutely. on that. So like, what would you say that um, a retailer would need to do in, in that sort of instance where they, they felt that they needed to improve those numbers? Like what would your tips or advice be on how to, to get to more to grips with them? Record as much as possible. Even if you are having conversations over customer service or on the phone, write it down into data because you could then prove that 10 people did say the same thing. Any platform that you've got will have some sort of database where you're collecting data. Even if it's through your invoice or your accounting software, there'll be some data of sales that go back to what have you sold and um, the till that you use in store cart. Obviously, most transactions are over card now. You'll have some sort of of data there so um really having starting to have a look at that and getting a grip on it because it will really really help with your future campaigns equestrian sales 90 percent of the time is cyclical retail is cyclical everything happens again we're really quite fortunate that that is the case we're a very weather driven industry as well um it could be events driven so competition season weather we've obviously had some fairly extreme weathers over the last couple of weeks in the uk but we know every year it's going to get cold every year it's going to get hot so we can really use that in our power because we'll have the history or we'll have the expectation that that's going to happen if it's a new business um so it's really having having that good starting point and confidence to use that information that you've got at your disposal and what do you see as like common um issues or things that are easy fixes for equestrian retailers that would really help them to boost their profit or to boost just how um, their marketing is going like what do you see is like one of those things that you often go it's just this little I often talk but sometimes it's just those little position tweaks that can make a massive difference mm -hmm. like what have you spotted be really critical on your platform so where are you driving sales towards 
Do you only sell on Facebook, social media? Do you have a website? Do you have both? Are they telling the same message cohesively? When you land on your website, if you've recently promoted a product, is it visible front and centre to the customer? Are they very, very clear on how to navigate your website, how to get to the sale? Are they clear on how to contact you to make a purchase? If you wholesale the product, are you clear on where they can go and get that product? You can spend tens and tens of thousands of pounds on marketing if you're not using the correct products that are available and can then be shopped the customer will be landing on a platform and you will lose them very quickly because they can't transact or they're confused you only have two seconds of attention when a customer lands on the place to purchase those products so if you've told them you've got a shiny new pair of boots that are the best thing in the world they click the link but they land on a hay net they will not give you the time to try and find the boots that they wanted to find in the first place because we are constantly bombarded with information all day long now. It yeah. used to, the saying used to be between sort of five and ten times of, of seeing an action, whether that would be to make a purchase, to click a link, etc. You'd need to see that sort of ten 10, 12, 15 times. That's closer to 40 times now, just because of the amount of information we receive every day. You only have to go on Instagram for 10 minutes and you can probably count on two hands the amount of ads you'll see within that space of time, regardless. Even the organic content might be pushing you towards sales or exposure of a product. So it's just to really, really try and take your knowledgeable hat on put a customer hat on and go through the journey of making a sale visiting your sites to check that it's all consistent yeah no and I, t I totally agree with that it's one of those things that i often say to people you've got to make it so easy for people to buy yeah, they don't want to land on your website and then be like okay how do i can get into the shop area <laughs> it's like it's got to be yeah removing as many hurdles as possible so you don't want to have to say to somebody oh yeah you've got to go over this jump this jump this jump this, this jump and then you'll be there it's like no it's got to be um easy and right in your face so i totally totally agree with all of yeah all of what you've just said so if somebody was thinking okay i've got a retail business yeah it's just kind of sort of evolved into me selling and it wasn't where I've, I've set out and I don't have uh, this knowledge or this these fundamental sort of um, skills like what would they do in order to get in touch with you like what would your advice be so first of all I offer a free 30 minute call with everybody I want to get into your business and really understand you and what you want from your business it can be an idea. You haven't started selling. You could have been selling for 20 years. Absolutely everybody can do with a second pair of eyes and a little bit of advice. Fresh eyes is always the best approach. If any anybody can remember starting a new job, going into a new business, the most important time you're in that business is that first three months that you're there because you don't know what we've always done for the sake of doing it. We don't know the process. You're learning as you go. And that fresh eye approach can be really important. So don't be fearful to reach out and have a, a conversation over what opportunities we can get. Yeah. From speaking yeah, to retailers. Yeah, it's a really good time now. Yeah, so carry on. <laughs> <It's me interrupting. laughs> 
So what I've found from speaking to retailers is that that lack of the fundamentals of core business coming from the retail angle. Again, like we've just discussed, if you've created the product, you started to sell it, um, you haven't come from a retail background, is really seeing. I feel like everyone's very comfortable with paying somebody to do their marketing possibly without fully knowing who their customer is and what their product is and making sure that like I said the platform is set up to convert that marketing spend into sales so what I've developed is uh, five fundamentals of equestrian retail as a training course so every month starting from February 24 I'm going to take five retailers over a four-week course covering these five fundamentals that we will have a look at what I want it to be is an empowering self-driven course where we can apply the theory there is a lot of theory behind retail it, it has existed for quite a few hundreds of years now in one form or another yes e-commerce is new and there's new ways of going about it but the same basis functions and statistics that we can look at can be applied from from very early on um, and me just informing you of some of those things and how that they can apply to you and really getting that gauge so we start from looking at your customer who is the customer it could be the customer that you have it could be the customer that you want and really focusing on this niche there can be a lot of retailers out there but everybody will have a specific person that they're approaching. So really have them front and centre in your mind around all the communication that we do. Um, really making a plan about how we're going to activate them as customers and retain them as customers. We then go and have a look at your platform. How are you selling your products? Are they on the right actual platform? Are you are you selling on? Do you have a website yet? Have you got all the social channels? Have you really optimised them to your advantage? Taking that angle from the customer's journey into site. What sort of feedback are you getting from that? Some peer reviews as well. You can hear firsthand how some, some informed fellow retailers are looking at your site. Again, a fresh pair of eyes is always the best way to approach it. Having a look at your range, what are you selling? Is this reflecting back to the customers? Are you bringing it in at the right time? As I said, product development can take years. So if you've got a big summer campaign that you want to launch, have you ensured that the supplier is going to get that product into you at the right time? Price. Have you put the right price? Are you making enough money on that purchase? Really having a look at every every area that there's the touch point of, of sales so how much are you going to sell it for how much does it cost you to bring it in what's the delivery fee what's your time on that product are you going to make enough profit from it versus the amount of sales that you're going to make and really guiding retailers through that process so they can have a really robust plan of the areas that they might want to improve how they want to pivot new opportunities um and really seeing it from that sort of overall view of um of their business yeah no that sounds that sounds really really awesome and so if they're interested in that like where would they need to go sarah how would they find you 
So if I have a look at my socials, so have a look at the Stables Retail Consultancy. I'll that's my URL as well. That's my website. So all the information is going to be on there. Drop me a message. I've got a calendar request for a call. So if you want to know a little bit more information, let's have a face to face and have a, have a chat so I can tell you a little bit more. Have a look at your business and see how we can um, link and see what we can do for for each other. And then I can drop you an email with a bit more details around it. So plan is to launch in February, but I'm going to run this every month. So if you can't don't have time right now, that's absolutely fine. Um, we can have a look at that in the future. Um, if you want to know a little bit more about it beforehand, how can you really make it work? So it's going to be one hour session once a week and then a quick check in midweek because there are going to be self-driven um, tasks to do in between to really have a look at objectively how does this apply to my business like that application is really important to me because I did a degree that wasn't very applied I learned some stats and figures and, and information but then you go into the real world and you do a real day-to-day -day job and it's completely different <laughs> so training courses are great but what you want is a but why but what but how to that yeah. will actually affect you day to day so that's what I mean I really want to open people's eyes into opportunities and give them this this guide and, and these core fundamentals of where they are now and where they want to be yeah and I think that's so key because I get that a lot even with working with clients it's like they even though they might have even done like an equestrian business degree they're kind of like now I'm actually in the real world it's not working I, I can't yeah I'm still stuck on the how because I didn't I, I learned it, but I don't know how to actually apply it. So I think that that's really, really cool. There's one other thing that I was curious about that I thought I'd pick your brain because we mentioned you mentioned like if somebody's doing like a trade show, and I get asked about trade shows all the time, like all the yeah. time. Like, what would you say from like a retailer's point of view? Do I, like, have you got any information or, or advice about yeah from a retailer's point of view if they were to do a trade show, like how to really um, improve that? Make sure your offer is presentable physically while you're there but give them a takeaway so that could be a leaflet even better if it's a physical website so you could put the qr code on a business card to share with them obviously you've got to think when retailers go to shows they get given a lot of paperwork you come away with reams and reams and reams of catalogs that you've got to carry around so keep it light yeah. but let them remember you but have all your information there. So if you want this as a wholesale proposition, if this was a B2B trade show that you went to, have you got assets? Have you got the prices? Have you got the images? Have you got video content? Have you got an inventory availability? Can you tell them when the stock's going to be available? Have you got a core set of objectives that they have to complete to make your product available? You know, you have to have adjacencies or you have to be in certain locations already. Have that very, very clear because you've only got a few minutes of that person's attention when they visit you. Trade shows are very expensive, so you really need to maximise that there. There's no point having someone really interested in your product and going, oh, could I have some more information? And then saying actually don't have a catalogue yet I don't have the prices for this yet I'm not sure when this is going to be available because they will switch off because they need to move on and go and visit somebody else um having that e-commerce thought as well having that availability for people that can basically plug and play because some of these retailers will, will want to make actions very quickly so by the time they get back from the show your best point is that next week after they visited if they can actually go down the process of taking you on as a client buying your stock and getting that inventory available on your website for example um if it's all there already you can remind them 
ultimately three weeks down the line they're going to forget and everybody moves on again so having all that in place the preparation as again cliche as that sound is yeah. is everything yeah. but do your homework as well beforehand who who exhibits ask the ask the trade show who often comes can you contact them beforehand obviously we've got at point of record spoke is in two weeks so if you're lucky enough to be exhibiting at Spoga have a look at your fellow exhibitors have a look at some of the demographics that have visited before the trade show should be able to provide you with all this because that's how they recruit people to exhibit there um, and have a plan of action who do you want to approach what information could they need ask them before you you go drop them a mail and say I'm going to be exhibiting can we book a meeting do you want to know some more here's my fantastic product of course if you've got the physical product there holding it using it investigating it always has a good memory for people don't they um, yeah. if it's not available yet can you show them something and, and show them or an adjacent product that's developing into or something so yeah you can't spend too much time on preparation no definitely and, and I think especially like with, with trade shows people always like you want to be memorable you want to be memorable for the right reasons and people will always remember how you made them feel as well when they came mm -hmm. to, to visit your stand or to visit you at a show and um, like I, I think about this even even now. It's like there was one. I remember going to a trade stand and I stood on there and and it, it felt like everybody was ignoring me. And I will never forget mm -hmm. that brand because I yeah mm -hmm. I don't feel like that I I was seen or um, supported. And, and I think that that's sort of key as well to like have that plan in place. Like how are you going to engage? How are you going to make sure um, yes. that you actually yeah, make the most? Because they are super Simple super as well. Think of the layout. If you if you're exhibiting at um, your horse live horse of the year etc. That's a, a B to C, so a business to customer mm. setup. If you then want to transition that into a, a trade show, so trade only B to B sort of proposition, you probably need to rearrange it a little bit more. You probably won't take the reams of stock, obviously, that you take to a customer's on because you're not physically selling it. So make sure the rails aren't blocking people from being able to come into your trade stands. I find some of them. Again, from a, a busy show, I understand why you need to keep it enclosed to protect your stock. But at a trade event, the footfall's a lot lower. Make sure the rails are back to invite people and be open, be warm, be welcoming. Like you say, be polite if people are showing interest. If you're talking to one person, but you can see someone hovering, that person you're talking to will not mind if you just acknowledge the second person and say, I'll just be with you with a moment. Because naturally, the conversations are longer, aren't they, at a trade show? Yeah. It's not a quick sale. I want to buy that base layer off you go in, in a few minutes. It, it could be a 10 15 minute conversation so i understand it's always typical you're quiet all day long until six people come at once <laughs> so. yeah it's when you're busy yeah when you get busier when you're busy <laughs> Yeah, but, yeah. yeah or, you... or the one minute you want to pop and get a sandwich, then there's a queue outside your your show. You don't have a second to to do that. Yeah. But have lots of content that people can pick up. Is there that that leaflet, that catalogue? Because some people might feel insecure. Small retailers might feel like, oh, they're probably a bit too big for me. They're not going to want to work with me. I'm not sure. So have things that they could just pick up and grab and scurry away because they might be more confident to come back to you in the future. And try and gain as much information from them. Get their email address. Get their contacts and follow up quickly. Um, so again, so you can remind them and, and maybe have that longer conversation on the phone the week after the event when everybody's you know decompressed from the hype of the show yeah yeah definitely I think that's really key is follow-up as well yeah definitely yeah focus on the follow-up because the, mo the money often comes later like that's what I often say to people you've got to be in it for a bit of a longer game sometimes a lot of the time we think oh I didn't make the money at that show and but the money flows later sometimes and we've got to be okay Absolutely. with that too I
yeah some of the shows aren't perfect timing for what you need and what the retailers need and what the wholesalers need at the time but Mm -hmm. they will remember you if you keep in there yeah right well that's so so helpful so what would your like top tip be for equestrian retailers especially yeah equestrian retailers in the uk like what leave us with your your key your most like your golden your golden tip (laughs) like for everybody what would that be to reassure them that they're not alone there are not just me there are a lot of people out there that really want to help and empower ultimately i am a customer i've had horses a long time i have to buy them a lot of stuff i have to buy myself a lot of stuff we all do we all want to keep our animals in in the best condition and the best possible you know we'll always forego our heat over their their rugging and their condition won't we um and i really really want to empower the industry and encourage this innovation I know that there are hundreds of people out there that have an absolutely brilliant idea that they just don't know how to start, how to bring this to to life, or even like they've started it. Fantastic. That's, again, the biggest hurdle that you've had the confidence to go and start that product, that business. And they're just a little bit unsure and they just want a second pair of eyes to give them a little bit of guidance of how to progress and just a few recommendations over opportunities because I know that there's an awful lot of opportunities out there. And as a community, we can all band together and help each other out again. Said at the start, I really, really like talking to people and listening to their journey and stories. And if we can then talk about the horses too, that's a nice conversation, isn't it? Yeah, unless they take up the whole of the covers. I I have this a lot of the time with, with my mentoring course. We get on there and I'll be like, okay, what's this? And it'll be like, that horse has done that. That one, that one's been a pain this week. That one's lame. Yeah, <laughs> it takes about and then ten minutes at the end of the call, you go, oh yes, house house yeah. trade. Yeah. Get, get to get to work definitely. But oh, this has been such an awesome episode. Thank you so much for joining me today, Sarah. So if anybody's listening, do go and follow Sarah. So Sarah is at the Stables Retail Consultancy find her on all the platforms or yeah look up her website um and yeah just thank you so so much thank you jenny that's been really good